When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So let's see what happened today with your Tampa Bay disarrays. Junior is gone. Oh, my goodness. What are they going to do with all those hugging Steven Souza dolls? The Rays also released some players. Doug Martin, the running back, defensive tackle Chris Baker. We'll have reaction from both. And how will the Duggernaut be remembered? And we'll talk about what this signals for the Bucks. And the Lightning begin their three-game road trip with a big 4-2 to win at Washington that stops their jinx in that building. All that and your reaction on this episode of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud with the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Burstick. Before we get started, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this show, you'll get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash sportsday to take advantage of the deal. Audible is owned by Amazon, and it's the leading provider of digital audiobooks. What does that mean to you? Well, they've got more than 180,000 titles to choose from. And unlike streaming, you own your own book, so once they've been downloaded, you can even listen to them offline. That's audibletrial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. Okay, so let's see. What happened to the race? You know, we heard that the Rays were going to relocate. What we didn't know is that it just wasn't going to be all at once. It turns out it's one player at a time. One guy goes to relocate to Minnesota, one guy relocates to San Francisco, and one guy relocates to Arizona. I am sensing a theme here. Um, The last four days, as you know, that the Rays have uh, dumped some of their higher-paid players and Guys like uh, Jake Odorizzi and Corey Dickerson was DFA'd. Well, now comes Steven Souza Jr., which was not expected, at least uh, at least on my radar. And well, I think we all I, missed that trade, like he missed the fly ball in right field last year. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, where they dove like twenty yards short of the ball and it rolled to the wall. That was actually excellent. I'm, I, I mean, Souza Jr. for a guy that you know got a lot of grief when he came here early. Of course, part of the I don't know they they traded Will Myers and then you know it all came back around and Souza comes here. I mean he has become he was their most valuable player. Don't forget this. He was their most valuable player just last year. So if you're keeping score at home, he joins Corey Dickerson, Evan Longoria, uh, Logan Morrison, who they didn't try to get back as a free agent, Odorizzi. Um, it, it just keeps going on and on. Now the the, the particulars of this deal is that uh, they trade Steven Souza Jr. It's part of a three-team deal with the Diamondbacks and the Yankees, and they get back what I guess in this case they think are some some advanced sort of prospects. They get back a second baseman Nick Solak from the uh, from the Yankees and left-handed pitcher Anthony Bonda from the Diamondbacks, plus two players to be named from Arizona. But they give up they give up Souza, who you know I mean after getting him. From the Nationals way back in two thousand in, in uh, what fourteen I guess, um, you know he he ends up becoming a pretty good player. I mean I didn't have much hope for this guy. I thought that at the time that you know losing a guy like Will Myers and Souza the way he struggled initially, 
Um, but he he had he was their MVP last year, and had learned had become a, a pretty strong defensive player in right field. Stole what sixteen bases. Um, it, it just it just keeps coming, and and of course this is another attempt and successful one to uh, you know in a drive to to try to cut payroll. I mean he was going to make three point five five million dollars. It was his first year of arbitration eligibility. Um, so, and I can tell you this much, just based on earlier in the day, this totally caught Souza by surprise as well. Hey, you know, the great thing about my job, Mark, is that my contract says I play right field for the Tampa Bay Rays. It does not no longer say that you play right field for the Tampa Bay Rays. You might want to read the fine print because now it says the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, I, I feel, I feel for Rays fans. We talked about how this has sort of been a drip, drip, drip. Uh, and at this point, Eric Neander doesn't know what to say, except I guess, you know, they're, they're sort of extolling the virtues of the prospects they got this time. Uh, I mean, Bonda, who's 24, he was ranked as the Diamondbacks' number two prospect, I guess, by Baseball America. He, um, he just got to the majors a little bit last year. He went two and three, had a 5.96 ERA. Um, Solak uh, is, is a pretty good is a pretty good player. He's 23 years old. He was in the Yankees farm system, was bounced back between, uh, you know, Tampa class a and, and uh, the double a team in Trenton. He had 297, 12 homers, 53 RBIs. So they're going to join the major league camp. The chances are that you'll see Bonda in the big leagues before you, before you see the other guy, but um, still in all it, 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 you know, it's a shock. And if you think, if you think guys like, Chris Archer, and we heard yesterday from Kevin Kiermeyer. I mean, Kevin Kiermeyer this morning. There's a I saw a clip on uh, on Twitter, uh, actual video of something, and he's he's got done playing long toss, I think, with Souza, and they're walking in sort of arm in arm, you know, like, hey, it felt good, buddy. Yeah, thanks a lot. You know, I mean, the way I can only imagine how Kiermeyer, whatever he said yesterday, it's like triple as bad today because. No one can feel good about this. I mean, this is this is a painful process. It's one that everybody's talked about, and yet when they're in the middle of it, it seems like it's it's really hit players and fans really hard. It has, but perhaps this is actually just a move for the Rays to speed up the game. I mean, Major League Baseball the other day, was, <laughs> so we no longer have to watch Souza look at a third strike and then argue it. <laughs> That's right. And he did. I kid, but he, he does that every time he watched strikes. a third strike go by. He would. Oh, I know. Every time. Oh, I know. It became almost endearing. Like at first, umpires would look at him like, "Are you nuts? You're batting, you know, one ninety or something like that." And then after a while, they kind of, he kind of like nicely would look back there and say, "Really? That was a good call. Okay." Um, but you're right. Maybe it does speed up the game a little bit, or you know, having to dust himself off after running into walls or other players or uh, going into the stands and whatever he did in the outfield. Steven Souza Jr. turns out to be a really nice guy. To be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, who, you know, honesty maybe being something that we beat athletes up for. I mean, this was a guy who who sat down and did interviews and was not afraid to say things like, you know, I put too much pressure on myself. Um, you know, the game got too big for me. At one point, you know, he, he had to step away. And not many players would admit that that it was it was getting like that. Um, but, you know, he, he, he became a leader on this team. He was their most viable player. He was the guy that gave him the big bear hugs when anytime somebody would cross the plate or hit a home run or make a good play. And, 
he he was never he's never been a graceful athlete, but he's just a big bear of an athlete that can run, that can hit, that can throw. Um, you know, you got to watch out for him out there in the outfield because he might take your his own guy out. Um, but you know, he 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 grew on you. I mean, he's he turned he was becoming a really popular player. And when you when you talk about losing Longoria, who was you know the the iconic face of the franchise all those years, and now you lose a Steven Souza, who was their MVP. Um, not to mention Odorizzi and, and Dickerson, who was their all-star last year. I mean, this is really hard, not just on the players, but the fans. Just looking at some of the reaction on Twitter, I mentioned Brent Honeywell said, what is this? Um, Danny Robertson, of course, um, talked about how uh, – told told race fans to keep a, a positive mindset. Um, he says, does it suck? Yes, but, you know, you don't win AAA championships, as I mentioned. He, he's got a lot of confidence in the young guys. Keith over Keith Oberman was on them. He said, "Truly, the commissioner of baseball should step in and override the Rays DFAing Dickerson and trading Souza. In its own way, it damages the legitimacy of the pennant race as much as it does the martyrs' Jeter tanking." Um, John Hyman says, uh, "Rays fire sale starting to rival Marlins fire sale." Hashtag Florida. Um, it goes on and on. I mean, there's you know, uh, Joel Sherman says. Um, Update the tweet the other day from the Marlins traded their four leaders in 2017, Gordon, Azuna, Stanton, and Yelich, and now the Rays are rid of their top four in Souza joining Dickerson, Longoria, and Morrison. Can baseball in Florida work? That's a great question. Even Rick Kreisman, the former, former mayor, says, love you, Rays, but really? I mean, it, it's, just, it's, it's just going – and they're taking – they're going to take a big, big hit. Um you know, from a PR standpoint, I do kind of wonder though, what are they going to do with all those Steven Souza uh, warehouse full of of uh, hug the, things? The hug that dolls, gonna get yeah, with? the hug dolls, the hug there. dolls, yeah. What are you going to do with those? I want one of those. I know my kids were looking forward to that one. I thought those were very endearing. I mean, those are the kind of thing that kids would love. I mean, I guess they're going to have to put them in a Arizona Diamondbacks uniform. They don't play the Diamondbacks this year, I don't think. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they'll ship them out to Arizona. But, man, it's just – well, I was asked today, I was doing a TV show with Tom Jones. You remember Tom Jones? Who? Used to, uh, yeah. Well, he's a guy that uh, used to be on a podcast we did in a radio show years ago but uh, or a couple months. But Tom was saying they were asked, you know, the, the, some people had predicted, and this before the fire sale, that the Rays might win 80-something games. And they're like, well, what, what, what do you think now? What do you think they'll win now? And I'm, I've been fairly consistent. I'm like – and this is before we found out about Susan. I'm like, they're going to lose 100. I mean, does anybody really think that they're going to, like, win? I, I mean, I suppose you could win 70. I suppose you could not lose 100. But it just feels like, yeah, you know, they, I think they're going to lose 100. I think not only are they going to lose 100 this year, they could lose 100 next year. The Rays don't seem to think though, so, though. It all depends on how the young pitching okay. develops. It all depends on how the young pitching develops. From Jose De Leon to Jamie Schultz to Brent Honeywell, it, it's going to be on the, on the pitching staff. And, and well, gonna, you say that, but can they score enough? I mean, can you score any runs with this lineup? Well, I'm saying to avoid losing 100. That, oh, okay. It's, it's going to be how those young pitchers develop. That's how they're going to yeah. avoid losing 100 games, is if okay. they pitch well enough to get you 65, 70, 72 wins. I don't know. It seems like I mean, this is happening every day. There's another player. And, and, and you know, in, in reading Mark Tompkin uh, in the Tampa Bay Times – he seems to think that, uh, and maybe Neander made reference to this, that, that this is going to slow down now, that they're 
Um, you, you know, you may not see Archer tomorrow being traded. You may not or released, or you may not see, um, you know, some of the, some of the other guys that are still here. In fact, may actually start the season. Um, so we're still a long way. the The sad thing is, is that if you know, it'd be. I think this fan base would get excited about the young nucleus of players that they have. As Daniel Robertson said, they won AAA championships. But you know when you're when you're not going to see Jake Bowers right away, when you're not going to see Brent Honeywell right away, when you're not going to see Willie Adamas right away, if all these guys go out in the spring and they just tear it up, and then they got to all go back to Durham because of this, you know, uh, routine. And I get it; it's a business. It gives them another year towards arbitration and control and all that. But they don't see these guys again until June. I got news for you. You know, by then the season's probably going to be over. Um, I don't. I don't think they're going to get off to a great start, but you never know. Yeah, Mark may be right about the moves, although I still think Colomay goes, because if you're going to lose a lot of games, the closer's a luxury. Right. I mean, right. Archer may stay here. Kiermaier probably does, and and everybody yeah. else. The, the moves may slow down, but I th- I think Colomay will be traded before opening day. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, speaking of uh, trading players, we're not trading players, cutting players in this case, because there's there's really no trade value. Uh, at all. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, another team in Tampa Bay, said goodbye to a couple guys, and and, and these were expected. I'd written about this in the past, but it actually happened um, today in, uh, in the case of Doug Martin. It happened this morning. Doug Martin, the running back, he's released along with Chris Baker, the defensive tackle. Again, n- none of those are surprising, um, but I will say, you know, for different reasons, these guys were released. I mean, clearly, uh, you know, Martin's 29 years old. Uh, he was going to make, uh, you know, over six and a half million dollars, I think, 6.75. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, clearly, you know, for the last five years, he's failed to rush for even 500 yards. Um, and yet, you know, you have a different feeling about him, obviously, than you did with Baker, who just had a, a lousy attitude and a bad work ethic and was here for one year until his teammates jumped him at the, after the Carolina game. But, you know, with Martin, I, I was thinking about sort of, you know, how how it began and what his legacy was. And, you know, he came in here with Mark Dominic and Greg Schiano, and Schiano was from Rutgers. And, um, you know, I, I think that he kind of reminded Schiano of, of the running back he had in Ray Rice. I mean, they, they, were, they were similar in terms of build. And, you know, Doug had – they fed Doug, I mean, as a, as a rookie – he had an unbelievable year. It was a 1,454 yards, 11 touchdowns, went to a Pro Bowl, had that unbelievable game at Oakland, 251 yards against the Raiders. Uh, one. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Week and look, just burst onto the scene. You rarely see running backs. And he was the 31st overall pick. I think they traded back into the first round to get him. Um and he was a, he was an endearing personality. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a big showboat to say the least. Um, he, you know, sort of had a, had the big smile, the muscle hamster, a nickname that he just absolutely hated, and so we kept calling him that just to irritate him. 
Um, but he took it well. And and everybody, you know, when you when you come on to to the NFL like that and you play that well that early, uh, you're an instant star. And and that's that's who Doug was. But if you if you really kind of look back at his past, it, you know, this whole thing, this whole football NFL thing was was almost an accident in some ways. I mean, he was a basketball player back in uh, California and didn't play football, I think, until like his junior year. And even when he got a scholarship to, to Boise State as a running back, they had a ton of running backs there. And I think at some point early in his freshman year, they switched him to corner. They switched him to defensive back. And then some guys got hurt. He started running, and then, you know, it, it went from there. He never stopped. I mean, he had a really good career at Boise. But, you know, again, smaller – Smaller division school. You didn't really know how it would translate. And Shiano saw Ray Rice in him. And, and if you remember, they had LeGarrette Blunt on that team. And I got in arguments with people that, you know, who was going to be the lead running back. Well, if you drafted a running back in the first round, which which doesn't always happen these days, uh, clearly you're going to go with him. And so they did. And it's ironic because LeGarrette Blunt has played for three straight Super Bowl teams now, I think, um, getting his third ring with the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's what, like th- going to be 31 years old. Uh, and then, you know, you have the guy that beat him out uh, suddenly after six years not not being in Tampa Bay anymore. Um, but I thought it was, you know, it was classy uh, in, in a couple of respects today. Again, this was not a surprise to Doug Martin. I think he saw this coming. We Everybody had said it and written about it. Um, and, you know, by cutting Martin and cutting Baker, they're going to save about $10 million of salary cap room, which means they already have about $74 million. That's the fifth most in the league. But Jason Light, before he uh, before this was announced, and, and I actually was able to break the story on Doug, uh, he wanted to make sure that he told Doug in person. I mean, he felt, you know, he felt he owed Doug that, and, and because of the, the accomplishments he had, he was a two-time Pro Bowl player, uh, not a bad guy per se. So he made sure that uh, they got a hold of him and he told him in person. I don't think they afforded this same courtesy uh, to Chris Baker. Maybe they did. I don't really know. Um, but, you know, the sad thing about Doug Martin was, in my opinion, uh, it just happened too fast for him, you know, uh, just all of it. You know, he's in the NFL. He's a big star. He's at the Pro Bowl. And, and he had some. he just had some habits. He was young. They were bad habits, clearly. It eventually got him in trouble. You know, the second year he got hurt, that wasn't his doing. Um, I think it was like week six, he uh, tore his labrum, making a catch and falling onto the ground in Atlanta. And so that knocked him out of that year. The next year he came back and he had hamstring injuries and then uh, knee injury. And so, you know, that that cut him down to about – he played about ten games, I think, that year. So, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy in the world. Um, but then – you know, then then he got into this thing where he was going, you know, going into his fourth year. He's going to become a free agent after his fourth year, and the Bucks did not pick up his fifth year option, and that suddenly became a carrot for him. And he was always better, whether it was a rookie or going into free agency. When he had that carrot in front of him, he got into great shape. Um, he came out and he and he hit it. You know, he hit it again. He he rushed for fourteen hundred yards, second most in the NFL. And, you know, behind Adrian Peterson and had just an unbelievable year. So you think, okay, well, if not for the injuries, I mean, this guy is a, is a legitimate 1,400-yard-a-year rusher. So then he hits free agency, and the Bucks do something that I think I would recommend against for most teams, which is give a second contract to a running back. Because, you know, the average age of running backs in the NFL is about 25 and a half or so. And when you start getting guys up into 28, 29 years old – 
um, you start you start to really see the wear and tear on some of these guys. And so they gave him an enormous contract, and then you know they get into a season where they're finally winning. They got they got you know eight wins. They go to Dallas. They almost beat the Cowboys. I think it was on a Sunday night, and they needed they needed to beat New Orleans to make the playoffs. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm in a press box before the New Orleans game in New Orleans and find out that Doug Martin's inactive, but he's healthy. In other words, it's not a it's not a an injury, it's not something that um you know that there should be a cause other than it was they told us it was a coach's decision. And we never really got a straight answer. And Doug said he was he understood it and all these kind of weird things. We were like, Well, why? You know, do you violate a team rule? We, no one would tell us a straight answer. They lose the game, and then the next week we find out that he was suspended uh, for violating the league's, you know, performance-enhancing uh, uh, drug policy, which may not mean steroids. It could be amphetamines. It could could be a lot of different type of types of drugs. Uh, and so then, you know, he's suspended. Of course, they got one more game left in the season. They beat Carolina, but they missed the playoffs at nine and seven. And then, boom, you know, you're gone the next the first three weeks of the next year of, of last season. He went to rehab. He kind of said all the right things. He comes back against New England, and I thought he played really, really well. But that was the only game that he had, you know, more than 50-something yards. He had 74 yards on 13 carries against the Patriots, and that was it. I mean, he averaged less than three yards a carry. He has the lowest yards per carry average the last two seasons of any running back of over 100 yards. So the production just went down. And, and, and it's hard not to blame Doug, even though the offensive line wasn't good, but then you see a guy like Peyton Barber come in, and Peyton Barber's not a great running back. He doesn't have maybe the pedigree of a Doug Martin or the explosiveness, but he averages four yards a carry with an offensive line that's missing three starters. That's not as good as the one that Doug ran behind. So I, I don't think the Bucks had any choice here. I think they needed to move on from Doug Martin. But, you know, it just you, you kind of you have mixed emotions just about what he meant to this team. So we'll wrap up with the one Tampa Bay team that actually is doing good things for a change. Now, the wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, the trade deadline's coming. They're not going to trade all their players away too, are they? I hope not because that would be a huge story and a big upset and a huge disappointment. No, I think they're actually going to be buyers as much as they are going to be sellers. Your Tampa Bay Lightning, they went again. Uh, they started a three-game road trip, and they beat Washington 4-2, to two, the Caps, a place where they don't normally play very well. Braden Point had a couple of goals. He's got 23 now on the season. How about that? Uh, his eighth game-winning goal of the, of the year. The first one uh, assisted by Ryan Callahan. Um, I tell you, that line, Steve, if, if you watch the game, they were buzzing all over the place. Yeah, that, especially first, that first period was very impressive. They were uh, they were all over the place. Um, and good, good win up there. They'd lost five in a row at the, I think it's now the Capital One Center, formerly the Verizon Center. Right. Uh, they lost five in a row. Uh, what, I think two wins in the last 16 in regulation up there or something yeah, like that? that's correct. That's what I heard, yeah. That's correct. And it was, uh, I mean, damn near, Point damn near had a, uh, could have had a hat trick. Uh, had a nice stop on one. Um, and then uh, he kind of, I, I thought it was kind of, his second goal was kind of a kind of weak by, by Braden Holt. He probably should have stopped that one. It was, um, no, no. The second one is the one that he had the the backhand. He came yeah, in, the backhand. That he that came was, in pretty that was hot. A, yeah, that was and yeah. He got Holtby going the wrong way and yeah, held that the was just back. pure pure speed on his point. Yes, guy can really skate. Uh, so they were up three to two, but that's the thing. Like they had such a great period, they're up three to nothing, and then they sort of hang on. They get outplayed the next two periods. They were just on their heels a little bit, 
And then Nikita Kucherov, as only he can do, with a, an enormous goal to give them a, uh, a two-goal lead with the rope-a-dope. We saw this. We saw this in the All-Star game, right? Well, last year we saw it for the first time in a shootout. I don't remember which goal mm-hmm. it was against. But he did it in a shootout. That's right. He won the shootout. That's right. Uh, with the, the goal. He fakes like he's going to move the puck either to the backhand or the forehand, but instead yeah, slides it under the five hole. He, you know, It looks and like the way he misses he does the that, puck, but he doesn't. He's it's actually playing that way. It's, it's kind of like he's going back and forth, but he never actually touches. Like The, the puck is already on its way through the five hole, and – I guess the goaltender gets fooled by the action of the, the stick going back and forth, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you're Is that expecting, how that works? You're expecting he's either taking it to the forehand or the backhand to, to get it around the goalie. And he just pushes it through. Well, he doesn't even push it. It's actually already sliding. He just never touches it. It's already it. on its way. Yeah. He just never touched So it's like a changeup that goes right between the goaltender's legs. Yeah. That's got to be embarrassing. Hope he was not amused by that today. No, well, because he got undressed in the All-Star game with that. And so, you know, he kind of laughs that off and he says, ah, oh, you know. It's fun and games. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, then tonight it happens again, and he slammed a stick down to the ice afterwards. And you know, for two <laughs> reasons: one, I don't think he liked getting embarrassed like that. But secondly, you know, they were it was three two, and you know, could have kept the game within reach for the Capitals, right. and, and they obviously lose four to two after that. So let me ask you: could could uh, is Kucherov now? If let's say the Lightning, and I don't know, did they include the postseason in most viable or not, or did they just look at the regular season? Just the regular season. Some okay. So could Kucherov? Being the 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 highest score, the leading score on the best, let's say they. Well, he's third. He's third in goals. Okay, so no. he's yeah, but yeah. on this team, is he yes. third on this team? No, no, he's first on this team in goals. Right. So, yeah. so I'm saying he so he leads them in scoring, right? Mm-hmm. And he's one of the top scorers in the NHL. And they end up winning, say, the President's Trophy. Or they have the most points in the East, or whatever. And they're number one seed, or what have it. And then he could be the most viable player of the league, right? He could, or Stamkos could too. Who's who's having a great year, especially Stamkos more assists than goals, uh, but right. both of, both of them combine it. But they could also split some of the vote for someone else to win that. But they're yeah, both Stamkos and Kucherov are in that conversation, absolutely. And there's still a chance that that Kucherov could could have the most points, which is another award, correct? Yes, Kucherov. He's I'm not sure where he's in the standings right now. I know he's third in goals. I don't remember where he's at overall in points, but he's near the top there. Uh, yes, he right. could take that home, and and you know some, although of late maybe not as much. But Vasilevsky, I think, was in the conversation for MVP as well at one point. Um, he's given up a few more goals of late, and the goals against average has come up. But um, he's still well, having a phenomenal he, year. But and I, he, I don't he, think a lot of that's his fault per se. But no, he gets his. I I believe you know the Lightning won their fortieth game, and I think Vasilevsky won his. Does this make sense? Thirtieth of the season. No, it's got to be more than that. Thirty fifth, thirty fifth. I think it was his thirty fifth. Yes. Yeah, thirty five out of forty. You said I think earlier uh, to me that they they've won twenty now on the road. Twenty on the road out of thirty three games. That's incredible. Yeah, they've got eight, eight, eight road games left, and they're already they're already at twenty wins. What a fantastic season by the Lightning, and and uh, they needed this because usually when they go on the road and they get that first one, it seems to set the tone for the entire road trip. They still. I guess they go now on to uh, what Ottawa, Ottawa, and Montreal. Montreal. Yep, and then they okay. get fourteen of the last twenty at home. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. It's probably a that's few a lot of home too games. many, but you'd rather have fourteen of twenty at home to end the season than fourteen out of twenty on the road. That is true. That is true. They're pretty good in that building. Let's be honest. Now, who do they? Do you know who? Do you have a schedule in front of you? Who they play Monday? Do you know? Because I'm going to that game. Well, Monday's the a trade deadline. So first, you got the trade deadline at is it 
4 o'clock in the That's afternoon. That's fantastic. Uh, then, yeah. then Toronto's in the building that night, which it seems like they're playing Toronto every trade deadline day. The last couple of years has been <laughs> Toronto. Don't that's know right. why. Um, right. But, yeah, it's, well, it's that's Toronto a, Monday. And that'll be a competitive game because Toronto's very good this year. Toronto and, and, and the Lightning lost. are going to make the playoffs. They're going to be they're going to be they're two gonna of the top three other, teams. Yeah, they're going to be two of the top three point. teams in the in the division because uh, the other five yeah. teams stink. Uh, so right. I mean, pretty much the Lightning, Boston, and, and Toronto are pretty much they're not guaranteed, but you're essentially you're guaranteed of making the playoffs, barring a you know you lose every game from here on out. And this is their revenge for they just lost in Toronto. I think that was a game they got down three nothing, tied it up, and then lost four three. That's that right? correct. Yes. So, uh, well, then I picked a good game. I'll be in the suite. I'll wave to everybody if you want to look for me. I'll be out there. It's rare that I get to go to these lightning games. I should come more often. In fact, with this podcast, I might be asking Bill Wickett for a credential. I don't know. I think we can get you taken care of. Do you take care of me there? Yeah, I think we can. That'll be great. Well, we appreciate you guys uh, listening uh, to the podcast. We want to remind you that you can always reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me at NFL Stroud. And, of course, my email is rstroud at tampabay.com. We want you to rate and review us if you can and make this a daily habit. And uh, where can they go and subscribe and do all that rating and reviewing, Steve? Any, anywhere you get podcasts, whether it's iTunes or whether it's Google Play, uh, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. And, of course, tampabay.com slash sports always has the latest podcast. Be sure to check back tomorrow. We're going to have a, a chance to sit down and talk to Brenton Buckner, the new Bucks defensive line coach. And, hey, you never know what player of the Tampa Bay Rays might be headed elsewhere as they continue their relocation pro- program one player at a time. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Hope you have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.